Welcome to the Cross Current Radio Show, your spiritual speaker's corner, broadcast and podcast. Hi, I'm Corey McKenna, and we're one week closer to Halloween, and so that will be our focus again on this episode of TCC Radio. Now, last week, we looked at the history and folklore of Halloween, which was originally called All Hallows' Eve. We even learned how several... Let's just say misconceptions along the way helped make the holiday as popular as it is today. We also found out that Halloween actually is dangerous. Why? Well, as loving parents, you wouldn't dress your kids up and help them ask total strangers for candy on any other night of the year. So why do you do that on this one? And that sets up this episode, because on Halloween, many kids will be dressed up as ghouls, goblins, and ghosts, or what the Bible might refer to as demons. We want to find out if they're real, and if they are real, what kind of power might they have, and should we even be concerned? Now, later in the show, we'll hear from a number of you, but here's one interview that really hit the spot with us. We're doing a, a scary special on a very popular holiday, Halloween. Okay, so we're, we're doing a, a three-part on that. And holidays, by definition, all celebrate someone or something. That's kind of what, the, what they mean. What, who or what would you believe that, that Halloween celebrates? What would, how would you kind of define it, or what, who do you think it celebrates? Laughable fears. Laughable fears. Could you, could you unpackage that a bit? Laughable fears. Um, today, it used to be about the ghosts, the goblins, the skeletons, the skeletons, the devils, and all that, and, and it used to be scary. And then we commercialized it with Luke Skywalker, and now you can go out as, as uh, something that is laughable, something from a cartoon, and still call it Halloween. Okay. Wow, that's an interesting answer. Right on. Okay. And I'm sure you'd agree that uh, that scary movies are, we talked to a guy last week, he said scary movies are a big part of, uh, of Halloween. Absolutely. And two popular horror movies are the classic one called The Exorcist, 1973. Have you seen that one? Yes, I have. And uh, the recent movie called The Exorcism of Emily Rose, 2005. Have you, have you heard, seen that one? Yes, I have. Okay. Um, so any idea what both of these have in common? What would, how would you describe the motifs? Exorcism. Exorcism, okay. Exorcism, which is taking the evil spirit and removing it from the body. Okay. Yep, for sure. And their movie's basically about demons. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and are, are you aware that both of these movies are also based on true stories? Did you know that? Yes, they are. Okay. Do you believe that demons really exist? In the mind. In the mind? Okay. You don't think they're a reality? They're more so a product of your, of your thinking? A product of somebody's psychological interpretation, where they can actually see and manifest those energies and actually make them very real. Okay. Do you think that there might be some sort of, uh, like, an illness associated with that? Or, like, in, you know, like schizophrenia? Or are you just thinking maybe in general we kind of, what do you mean? In general we do it. I mean, when, we, when we're fearful of something, what do we do? We say, oh, my God. So we use God as that reference to fear. If we triumph, we say, oh, God, thank you. So, I mean, the fear is the fear. And whether it be in in any connotation, whether it be a spirit, a ghost, uh, or an unanswered question that nobody really has the answers for, and then put a negative connotation in, what have you got? Horror. 
kind of a paranormal kind of deal. Sure. Okay. Absolutely. Now, in terms of uh, demon possession, might that be real? I believe, again, it's in the person, if they feel they're demon-possessed, if they feel that there's other voices that they're hearing that are telling them to do things, um, yes, I believe it's true. If people can simulate themselves away from reality enough to form a fantasy world where they actually believe they're in it, and we've known that through video games like the Vampire game where they actually role-play, or Dungeons & Dragons from before where they actually role-play, they actually believed at some times that they were actually demon-possessed. Interesting, okay. And why do you think that fewer people today seem to believe in demons rather than those living even just a hundred years ago? I think now because science has dispelled a lot of it, I mean, people have fallen away from religion. So not as many people go to churches, so not as many people seek God, so then the devil would not be an incantation at the bottom of the list. Okay, okay. So therefore they don't fear it. Okay. Good point. And do you think that it really matters whether or not demons are real? Hmm. That's a loaded question. <laughs> no, no, not, no agenda, man. We're just, we're just asking. I think, again, the demons are only real to those who accept that demons are real. Um, demons can be anything from a demonic action to a real demon who's an afterlife person who's come to a spiritual demon. Um, so, again, it's up to the individual and their imagination and their psychology, their own psyche of whether they are real or not. And would you would you apply that same kind of understanding to even even other aspects of life in terms of Israel? We don't know. Is there other life on another planet? We don't know. So why could we not perceive that spirits, ghosts, live on another plane? We get glimpses of them, but we can't see them in our reality of time. As far as demons go, the practice of black magic has brought spirits, demons, through the holes. Our movies have been made out of it. People have practiced it for thousands and thousands of years, sometimes even longer than Christianity. So, are they real? Again, it's up to the person's interpretation. You can make the devil your god. 42 million defenseless children had their life snuffed out last year. That's right, more children than the entire population of Canada were aborted in their mother's womb in just one year. The true issue is brought out by the rate of abortion being very similar where it's legal or illegal and where it's performed in hospitals or back alleys. The shocking truth is that abortion really isn't about legality or safety. It's about a so-called choice, a choice of death without the consent of the one who will die. And the reason for choosing death doesn't really matter. Reasonable solutions are often trumped by activists using imagined situations that don't actually happen in real life to somehow justify a woman's right to choose. Did 42 million children absolutely have to die last year? And what does it mean if even one of them didn't have to? If one flick in the history of flicks stands out as the defining example of horror, it would have to be The Exorcist. Now, <laughs> I know that 1973 is old school for many of you listening right now, but it still scares the you-know-what out of audiences even today. The story surrounds 12-year-old Regan McNeil, who's tormented by a demon, and as a last resort, her desperate mother summons the services of Catholic priest Father Damien Karras. Now... The priest wages a battle with the demon throughout the film, treating the audience to horror after horror as this demon destroys the young girl's body. It's interesting that the film's author and promotion team claimed it to be based on a true story. And I gotta tell you, that's been investigated more times than Kellogg's made cornflakes, if you know what I mean. 
The film seems to be loosely based on reports of an exorcism of a teenage boy named Rob Doe between January and April of 1949 by the Catholic priest Father Hughes. Reports include many paranormal things like a room getting cold and objects like a phone and a bed moving on their own and acts of violence against the involved and himself. In 2005, Hollywood released The Exorcism of Emily Rose, but this time the story was very well documented as historical and backed up with audio recordings of both the exorcisms and the death of a young woman after years of pain. If you didn't see it, the movie opens with the death of the character Emily Rose, who in real life was one Miss Annalise Michael. And it goes on to detail the trial of the priest who'd been in charge of the exorcism. The story in the movie is scary and tragic, but fiction doesn't even come close to the horror of reality in this case. Annalise Michael was just 16 years old in 1968 when the attack started. She'd lose control of her body and her speech. Neurologists diagnosed her with epilepsy and admitted her to a hospital for treatment. But then it went from bad to worse for Annalise as she was soon seeing devilish faces when she'd pray and she started to actually hear voices telling her she'd stew in hell. By 1973, her parents had called on the Catholic Church to help, but it wasn't given because demonic possession had to be confirmed by many signs before an exorcism would be quote-unquote authorized. Instead, she was told to live a more religious lifestyle to find peace. By 1974, she was sleeping on a stone floor, eating spiders and even drinking her own urine, hardly what I'd call a pretty scene. Now, after making an exact verification of demonic possession in 1975, the Bishop of Würzburg, Germany, assigned a priest and a pastor to perform an exorcism on Annalise, who was now 23 years old. Two exorcisms were done each week until July 1976. And because of the religious bending practices Annalise performed to the tune of 600 times a day, she actually ruptured her knees. So, needless to say, she still wasn't getting any better despite the more religious lifestyle she tried to live. Over 40 audio recordings were made of these sessions. Some were played during the real-life trial, and one even has a recording of two apparent demons arguing over who'd leave her body first. The last exorcism of Annalise happened on June 30th, 1976. The last words she said to the exorcists were, beg for absolution, meaning forgiveness. She was exhausted and hadn't eaten in weeks. She died the next day, and the local senior prosecutor started investigating right away. While forensic evidence revealed that she had starved to death and specialists claim that if she'd been force fed even just one week before, she would have lived. There were witnesses, experts, family, and audio recordings, and in the end, the parents and the two exorcists were sentenced to six months in jail and probation each. The court ruled that the accused should have helped by taking care of the medical treatment the girl needed, but neglected to do so. Annalise's last words to her mother were, I am afraid. That's the Hollywood and the history, and here's what you had to say. In the studio. And on the street. With the Cross Current Radio Show. Holidays, by definition, all celebrate someone or something. Who or what do you think Halloween celebrates? Oh, 
I think it's spirits or yeah, ghosts or maybe like yeah, dead people. Dead people. Yeah. Okay. Dead. Yeah. Pumpkins. <laughs> no, I said what? <laughs> um, and I'm sure you'd agree that scary movies is a big part of the celebration of Halloween. There was two popular horror movies back in 1973. It was called The Exorcist. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. I've never watched that. And and more recently, I think a couple of years ago, it was called The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Yeah, I saw you it. Ever, you saw it? Yeah, I saw it. I saw it. And it wasn't that scary. It wasn't that scary. Like, I saw it. We went to a movie theater with my friend, and we saw it. It wasn't that scary at all. Okay. I thought it was shocking. I thought it was so real. It looks so real. I would have nightmares for weeks if I saw something like that. I don't watch horror movies. Ever. Okay. Um... Do you know what both of them had in common? Can you take a guess? The exorcism. Yeah. Exorcism. Yeah. Exorcism. The girls had the devil inside them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're, it was about, they both ha- were about demons. Yeah. Right? Demon possession? Okay. Which is scary. Now, here's something a lot of people didn't know tonight when I was asking them, but they were both based on true stories. Yeah. 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 Yes. You knew that? Yeah. When I went to New York, right I went to the house of Emily. Well, close. Oh, okay. Yeah, I cried. Okay. <laughs> it was so scary. So scary. Yeah, the house is actually the real house of her. Yeah, I went there. So, for our show, if we could just get some really honest opinions here. Do you believe that demons really exist? Yes, we do. I do. I do. I'm a Christian. I I believe that. Um, People... So, God and the devil. Yeah. yeah. Um, The uh, evil possess people. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm not sure, though. You're not sure? Sometimes I do believe in it, but sometimes I don't. So, I guess it all depends if I actually experience something like that or, like... You know what I mean? Yep. Like, over, if I witness something like that, I don't really know. Okay. I do believe. I do. Yeah, yeah. I do. Like, heaven and hell, and God yeah. is a good spirit, and Satan just screws everybody up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, how about demon possession? Oh, yeah. I think... I think. <laughs> <It's operator. laughs> I do think that there's um, possession by, by demons, by spirits. I don't. Ghosts. I don't. I, I don't know. It's just possessed. hard. Yeah. Um, well, I guess I can, but it's just something I don't I don't want to make real. <laughs> I'd rather not, like, think about it and yeah. not, like, want it to be real, so. Yeah. Step over here. Even if it is. Oh, here. Right over here. John's over there. <laughs> there we go. Thank I do you. believe in that because I experienced one person that I was possessed. Okay. I guess yeah. I do believe it, but it's just something that's so scary. You don't want to, like, come to terms with it. Yeah. Okay. And I think, like I said before, you, like, it's not like I want to witness it, but I don't, like, until I see it, I won't believe it. Like, yeah. Okay. Now, why do you think that fewer people today um, seem to believe in demons than maybe culture a hundred years ago? Uh, the religion? Because of everything that's going on like and wars and, and, like, terrorism. All the bad things that are happening and... People, some people killing each other for fun, and I don't know, it, it's getting scarier, so. Okay. Oh, that's a great answer. Thanks for your honesty. Okay. And do you think that it really matters um, whether demons are real or not? Yeah. I think it matters, definitely. Yeah? Yeah. Even though you haven't seen it. Even though, yeah. Okay. Because it's like, I don't, yeah, I think it matters if they do exist or not, because... 
to the studio of TCC Radio. You know, I'll admit that most Hollywood movies could be considered just good, scary fun. You know, popcorn and pop and hiding behind your hands, that kind of stuff. But as we saw in the case of The Exorcism of Emily Rose and quite possibly The Exorcist, sometimes there's something much more behind them. The Bible tells of many people tortured by demons. In Mark's Gospel, we read about a man who lived in a graveyard who was so uncontrollable that even when people tried to chain him up, he was still able to break the chains and escape. Night after night, he'd be heard crying out from the tombs while he cut himself with stones. I mean, sounds like a pretty scary dude. And the Bible says that he was controlled by something and that something was many demons. But I know you've got to be asking yourself, if demons are real, then what exactly are they? Well, in the Old Testament, we read how the carved images called idols, which were to represent gods, weren't gods at all. They were demons. But demons are much more than just carved statues. Demons are actually fallen angels. They're God's angels who the devil led in rebellion against God. They're intelligent, and they're able to communicate with and mislead people. Demons have all the same sorts of powers and abilities of angels of God, but they have no authority. And that means they can be ordered by those who do have authority. 
Demons carry out the will of Satan in the world, misleading people about each other and the very nature of evil itself. As Satan's servants, demons do ugly things. Why? Because it scares people and drives them to religious solutions and ultimately defeat. But it's interesting that Satan is sometimes called Diablo, which is where the word diabolical comes from. And why is that important? Well, because he's God's most crafty creation and the truly diabolical game he plays on humanity is that his attacks on us often don't look ugly. They can even look somewhat beautiful. And that's why they're so hard to resist, because they're packaged in pretty paper, but only feed those carnal appetites that all people secretly have. But the beauty the devil uses can usually be spotted because it's tainted somehow. See, his beauty draws attention towards lust, greed, or envy and leads a person away from God. Kind of like how pornography will use a beautiful woman who isn't portrayed as a person created by and for God, but as an object of perverse pleasure to be used merely for entertainment. But this tempts our hidden desires, and since it doesn't look like a a red-scaled serpent with a forked tongue, it gets brushed off as nothing but entertainment. And to make this insidious and and horribly destructive phenomena seem less evil to the passive observer, Satan sends his demons to terrorize a family and a young girl in Germany who starts to exhibit signs of demonic possession. The first line of defense for the demonic is to use medicine. Step two, well, we try to live a more steadfast religious life. And only when all other hope is gone does a cry for faith come. Annalise suffered for eight years while her concerned parents and priests tried religious rituals and waving religious idols at the girl, exercising her literally to exhaustion and ultimately allowing her to even starve to death. In essence, they tried to have her trade the bondage of demon possession for the bondage of man-made religion. Of course, this could never set her free. And in the end, the girl only had two things to say that should have been of concern to those around her, a plea for forgiveness and a confession of her fear. The Bible records how demons respond to all those who act with faith in Jesus Christ. When someone has faith in Christ and orders a demon out of someone in the name of the Lord, the demons don't snicker and argue about who's going to leave first. No, reports are that they scream in terror and are cast out. The Bible calls it casting out a demon, not exercising as though some sort of effort is involved. The person casting out the demon simply has faith. And it is the sovereign, undeniable power of the Lord that casts the demon out of the victim. That's the difference between religion and faith. It visually manifests in the case of the demons, but it also affects a person's everyday life too. You can really be quite religious about anything. Going to movies, watching sports, shopping, eating, even going to church. But you can only put faith in that which you trust. And the something or someone you trust better be trustworthy. Because if you think about it, there's really an eternity of difference between religion and faith. And here's how you can make your choice to bridge that gap. Where will you spend eternity? The Bible says that the price of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. So how many times have you sinned? How many times have you lied, lusted, stolen, hated, used God's name in vain? 
because every time you have, you've sinned against holy God, alienating yourself from him. Even your thinking is against him. You will face the second death, which is eternity in the lake of fire. But Jesus Christ paid for sins, taking them and God's wrath against sinners upon himself. He shed his blood and died on the cross in place of sinners. And then he rose from the grave, defeating sin and death, just as the scriptures foretold that he would. To be reconciled to God, you must repent and trust that Jesus died for your sins. Your sins will be forgiven. God will grant you eternal life and you will spend forever with him in heaven. Isn't that good news? Thanks for tuning in to the Cross Current Radio Show. Do you agree that Canada needs Christ? Well, we're more than just a radio show. TCC is a local missions ministry and outreach broadcast, bringing glory to God's name in Canada by unifying His church in His gospel and helping pastors equip all the Christians in their care to be His witnesses every day, everywhere, to everyone. As one body, serving in accordance with the various gifts He has given each. The gospel is to be freely shared, so if you're still a non-believer, this is not for you. But if you are truly a Christian and God is prompting you, then please support us in our mission of sharing the gospel each week in talk and walk and training churches to do the same. Please visit us online at www.thecrosscurrent.com to find out how you can help us. Because it's true, Canada needs Christ. way we respond to them. You know, it's often easy to see what we think the devil himself looks like and then try to stay away. Well, except on Halloween, right? I couldn't resist. But the truth is that the devil hides in plain sight in all the things that draw us away from God. And what do we do? We, me and you too, we try to hide and draw away when we're drawn away. And then when it becomes obvious, we try to be good people. But now we know that the only true solution is faith in Jesus Christ. Next time on TCC Radio, we'll share interviews with people we met on Halloween. We'll hear from people actually participating to find out what they're doing and what they think about it. And we'll find out whether God is still struggling against the devil today and whether there really is a fight for our souls or if something altogether different's going on. Until then, check out thecrosscurrent.ca for resources related to this episode, to find a trustworthy church near you, and to hear a full-length interview with Angela, a former Satanist, who shared with us several real reasons why they take Halloween a lot more seriously than the average person does, and why they think it's funny that so many people think it's just a harmless holiday. Till next time, I'm Corey McKenna, in the studio and on the street, keeping the cross current in our culture.